Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us on Black Ink Cinema podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Adam and I are regular goers to your comedy show in 21 Soho. It's very unique because it combines hip hop and comedy, two of my favourite things. Why did you get it started? Why did I start it? Because that's what I do. I do a bit of rap and uh, I'm a stand-up, but I didn't want to make a night that kind of trivialized hip hop i don't like to a lot of musical comedians do rap and it's kind of corny sometimes and i didn't really want to <laughs> i didn't really want to enable that so i thought a book proper artists and see what happens and you yeah. know as as you might have seen it's a real mixed bag yes you know you don't know what's going to happen we've had, <laughs> we've had all sorts you with, just don't know what you're going to get but it's yeah, good i love it yeah it's fine thank you for supporting that we are big fans of that. Um, aside from the Beastie Boys, there's not that many white Jewish rappers. What made you get into hip hop? Man, I just love writing. I love words. And I wanted to be a garage MC when I was really young. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, it wasn't really my scene. <laughs> we gave it a go. Yeah. But, you know, I think really everyone just... gave it a go at one point, to be fair. Like, no, I don't think they. I don't no? think they did. Everybody now raps. Oh, everybody raps now. Yeah, but, MCing. Yeah, but back in the garage days, even people back then, when there really was nothing to do in the nineties, they saw garage MCing and they were like, mm. Mm, you know, I'll leave that to the professionals. Actually, <laughs> I feel like when I was growing up, a lot of people had like MC names. Not one person rapped, but you just all seemed to. Yeah, laugh I sh- I should have just done that. <laughs> I should have just had an MC name on the back of my jacket and not yes. made music. Yes. That's what I should have done. Yeah, market that. So there's a lot of rappers who have like great punchlines. Have you got any favourite comedic style rappers? Funny bars. You put me on the spot. There's a lot of funny bars. Uh, I think a lot of this, one of my favourite rappers is Cass. I don't know if you ever heard Cass. Okay. Cass is dead. Oh, he's amazing. He says pretty funny stuff. He's Yeah. He, one of the lyrics I like of his, he just he's talking about his car and he says, "Engines violent, fuck the environment," which I think is a lovely, lovely sentiment. <laughs> Especially, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he is very green and recycles and everything. But in that moment, mm. he was saying, you know, let me just enjoy, let me enjoy a little drive here. I'm not too fussed <laughs> about the damage to the environment at this minute. Yeah, so I like that line. Uh, a funny line I like from Rock Marciano, who's one of my favorites. He has a line where he says, my hands are groomed like a pampered Jew, which I just find hilarious. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's not nice there. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it, it may be his trend on the nice, but I, I don't know. Something about it. I love. Yeah. I mean, I I've got a... dark sense of humor, so I will love yeah. the oddest things, but. I am a Jew, by the way, just putting it out there. Just no, I, I know. A bit, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Thinking <laughs> about this at your. <laughs> Before you get cancelled by your own people. Right, right, right. Just, yeah, no, yes, fully aware of that. I mean, look, the line itself, you know, it might step on a grey area, but the fact you say, my hands are groomed like a pampered Jew, it's just the the image it conjures in my mind is just like a really, you know, a smart Jewish guy. Yeah. With nice hands, you know. (laughs) And Rock Marcy's hands are pampered like him. Like a positive this isn't it it's like you know yeah it kind of is yeah backhanded compliment um so in terms of comedy who's inspired you in that sense uh i think my my favorite comedian is norm mcdonald from canada i love jack d when i was a kid that was the first stuff i saw really early jack d vhs yeah 
I like Chappelle. I like Chris Rock. I like Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Barr. Yeah. They kind of came later. Really, when I was young, I only saw about two comedians yeah. for years. Jack D and I don't know who else. I liked Joe Brand when I was young as well. Jack D and Joe she Brand. <laughs> I liked her because she was like the rebel, isn't it? She was like the naughty one. They just seemed to yeah. say the crazy stuff, which was always welcomed. You have a lot of comedians on your show who... Right now, do you rate? Who do I like right now? I like my friend Red Richardson. He's very good. He's at the show this Thursday. He's decent. I feel the kind of show I'm after is I want stand-ups who are like killers, basically. You know, you don't want to do any sort of whimsy, any nuanced sort of character acts or anything. They probably won't work. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. I don't care who you are like you just gotta deliver and be a punchy stand-up and just yeah. deliver the goods because it yeah. can be a bit this audience they're not very well trained I'm working on uh, getting them better <laughs> behaved it's mostly my fault because I don't because um, I went to another show recently and uh, my friend was hosting it and before the night started he got on the, the mic by the sound booth and he's like guys are you ready for some comedy? We're all in this together. We're all going to have a wonderful night of comedy. It's going to be incredible. We're going to support the acts. We're going to love the. And I didn't do that at my night. I just literally walked on the stage and started rapping at them. So that's yeah. probably the difference in vibes that I'm creating. So I need to address that. I think they'll be fine. I think it's they about will. people are just excited to be out now as well. So everyone's just Definitely. a little bit rowdy. Um, Definitely. You'll calm down soon. Do you want to share with the listeners your social media? My social media is at Jester Jacobs on Instagram and Twitter. Black Ink Cinema is all about celebrating Black Cinema, and you chose the Oscar winning coming of age Moonlight, starring yeah. Mahashala Ali, Naomi Harris, Janelle Monet, and the gorgeous Travante Rhodes. So the film follows Chiron through three stages of his life, when he's a little kid, teenager and adulthood, and while he battles his sexuality. Why did you choose this film? Why did I choose it? Well, there was loads of, like, I love black cinema. I love black culture. It's incredible. There was loads of things I could have chosen, loads of films. But I'd seen this recently during the first lockdown, and it really is a 10 out of 10 incredible film. Yeah. And there's so much to talk about, and it's so so like uh lacking cliche and there's mm. just such so many things to talk about i figured i'd go with something a bit different push myself and talk about something a bit more contemporary you know yeah the whole film really, is basically about him battling his identity and trying to find himself obviously there is that side of it it's you know it's lgd oh, let me do lgt q it's an lgt i <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because don't worry, I'm going to edit it. So no, don't, don't edit. So you Do don't not get edit. I am. I'm going to come. I'm going to let nah, you they won't cancel me. It's LGTB. Oh God! Don't cancel me. It's all right. They, I'm down with those guys. They know. They know. Okay. I'm talking about Moonlight. They got. I got them. It's fine. I mean, of course. LGTB people out there. So LGTB. Yeah. So I never really watched much of that sort of stuff. I'd seen uh, Call Me By Your Name, which mm-hmm. I didn't like. I thought it was kind of boring. I haven't but, seen uh, it. But... Yeah, not, not for me. Not for me. But this one, like, obviously it is about sexuality and everything. Mm. But it also, I don't think it's so, so like, that's a general overview of it. It's about a lot more. It's just about oh, love yeah, and yeah, acceptance, yeah, of course. you know. Mm. And even though it's about sexuality and everything, don't see much action happening, you know. Mm. There's no dick sucking in that film and there's, you know, it's not, sorry, can you swear? 
It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I just wasn't expecting. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to say it. It just came out. You just yeah. Okay, so you just caught me. Very passionate. Very passionate about the film. (laughs) But yeah, there's no, there's no, no sex in it really, and it's Mm. about poverty and you know a rough place. It's set in a rough place. There's no violence really. There's a bit not like no gunshots or yeah things that you would expect with that film for a film set in that environment. There's I wanted to say there's no hip hop, but there is a couple tracks of hip hop, but it's like yeah, classical. Yeah. The music is incredible in this film. Great. It's great. It's um, so, so beautiful. Yeah. What I like about it is the father figure that mm. plays. And then obviously Janelle Monet's character playing like mm. a surrogate mother as well. Um, because Naomi Harris is the world's worst mother in history. Yeah. Um, but I quite like the fact that they kind of step in at a time when he does need that kind of love affection and they're really like patient with him and it shows like the softer side of Absolutely. his very shitty life that he has. And I love, I, I mean, I love the character. I think Marshall Ali deserved the Oscar because he came mm. in, destroyed the film like Absolutely. emotionally and then dipped. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't well, even like fully explain what happened to him. They just like. Well, I mean, I can get onto that. I got thing that the thing I like about that is because of how well the film is made. Like they leave a lot of stuff out like that, mm. which I think makes it really powerful. It actually, makes it more powerful and emotional that he just goes. Yeah. He could have had a big dramatic shootout, and he's like, you know, dying on the foot, like loads of other yeah. films would have done. Mm. Now nah, he's just he's just gone now. It's just, yeah, he just and the ghost it. of him remains, you know. And then yeah. by the end. Sharon is basically returns as him effectively, you know, he yeah. became the, the father figure he didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm mad. I'm, I've, I only just watched it again. So I like it's fresh in my mind. So I'm rambling. Hey, but yeah, I like, I like how the character that he plays, I, he's called Juan, right? Juan. Yeah. Juan, I, yeah. I have to say it with an accent. Juan. He, um, he's such a, mm, unstereotype of the character that you'd think he'd be is that the right word yeah because he's mean, a drug dealer he's a crook but he's like the moral anchor of the whole film he's like yeah which i love i love the reason why mm. i love this film it's because it's so layered and all the characters in there and are not just one dimensional like yeah he's a gangbanger and a drug dealer but he has so much empathy and compassion and kind of takes this little boy under his wing and at the mm. beginning i was thinking oh god he's gonna groom him to be like the next you know mm. shutter in his ends but actually i think he just sees that this kid is a little bit lost and needs some guidance especially when he takes him home and he's like ah this is this is where you live kind of thing yeah it's it's amazing and like he's not he's not uh a caricature of a drug dealer you don't see him mm. being violent at all like the the fact that his his home life is actually really quite uh, nice. quaint his partner's <laughs> lovely i yeah. love his partner in the film um yeah Teresa, she's yeah. called, she, she's amazing. And it's like a real nice little nuclear family, you know, and he's not yeah. like, like you said, he's a gangbanger, but he doesn't live kind of, uh, he's not minted. He's just got a pretty normal life. It's not like mm-hmm. an elaborate, you know, extensive house. It's pretty basic. Yeah. So there's, there's that. He's not showy. He really mm. just, he just has a job that means he sells drugs. That's it. Yeah. Not, he doesn't glamorize it. It just is what it is. Yeah, do you have any favourite scenes between Juan and Little? Uh, yeah, of course, the swimming scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, when he first the takes him to the beach. Mm. That was, that's one of my favourite scenes, and yeah, 
That's what I was going to say. That was my favourite scene on the first watch. And on the second watch, it was another scene I preferred. But Mm. on the second watch, I thought about it more and, like, why it's so beautiful and powerful. And I guess, like, yeah, he's, like, holding him, saying, I got you, I got you. Mm. Uh, You're in the middle of the world. It's kind of like saying, it's kind of like trying to prepare him for a tough life ahead, basically saying, you know, like these, these waves are wild and like, it's going to get, going to get rocky. Tricky. If you don't, if you don't ride these waves, you're going to drown little dude. (laughs) And he's trying to help him. And I, I I read that the kid, the actor, he he never could swim. So that was like, that was actually happening in front of the camera. He really was teaching him to swim and holding him. Yeah. It's a very, very cool scene. And also the conversation they have afterwards about where he grew up, him being mm. from Cuba, um, and then where the name Moonlight comes from because mm. little black boys look blue in the moon with the moon hitting their skin. And I just thought that was a really nice way to kind of tie in everything and yeah. um, give him some kind of backstory so you kind of understood where he was coming from and maybe why he has a different perspective to other gang and stuff so definitely i like when he says to him there's black people everywhere as well oh yeah 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 i thought that was quite nice not to limit yourself and just being stuck in this neighborhood like feel free to exactly go and explore the world don't be scared to do that he's dropping some gems on him i hope the kid remembers. so many (laughs) so many gems um, in that scene, they also have a candid conversation about sexuality and him trying to understand if he's, home, if he's homosexual or not. And so a boy at school used the F-bomb on another boy and he says, am I a... the F-word? And so recently Matt Damon got in trouble for saying when he grew up, that, was, that word was used commonly um, and casually around. And so he got a bit of slack for saying mm. that he used that. Well, yeah, I mean, times change pretty fast. Like I I listened to the Eminem Slim Shady LP recently and I found it really offensive (laughs) and I loved it when I was younger. But things change and people are always talking about cancel culture and you can't say things like you can't. You can say pretty much anything you want as long as it's justified. Mm. But the real question you have to ask yourself is why say it? If it's going to harm people and upset people, and like if we've moved on as a society a little bit further to not use certain phrases, mm. then why say it? Why make a big deal about it? Yeah. I don't have any problem sort of watching what I say in case it might upset someone, you know. Things change, phrases, terminology changes. It's good to keep up with it and try and just be a nice person and not upset people intentionally. Yeah. It's not I hard, right? You you'd think so, but I think um with the evolution of the internet and people being held accountable and not being things are not just like brushed under the carpet. Um, yeah. A lot more people are getting caught out or being held accountable yeah. for what they're saying. It's not like, Oh, I just said it. Whereas back in the day, I feel like people just said whatever and it was. They did. There was a time sort of maybe like nine 11 pre nine 11, where everyone was sort of like, people could be, more ironic with their comedy and say racist jokes or say bigoted things under the guise of irony and Mm. no sacred cows just say everything but for whatever reason things didn't go that way and they sort of probably because of social media people analyzed what things say what people say a bit more and were like actually maybe you shouldn't say this or why are you saying the 
it's tough. I think it's um, I think people should be held accountable and people should think about what they say before they just open their mouth and consider yeah. things. But I think at the same time, if it's said in jest and just not to harm anyone. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that there's room, there should be room for people to sort of say, all right, I, I'm sorry. I, actually yeah. get, I get what you're saying. Let me come back from this. If you double yeah. down on things yeah. or try and fight your corner yeah. or defend people that say racist, bigot shit, then yeah. I lose a bit of sympathy. But if you say a couple of dumb things and you're like, you know what? Sorry. Or <laughs> I don't really understand the nuance or I didn't mean to. That's okay. Everyone's human. Yeah, exactly. A big part of um, Little's life is him getting bullied as well as Chiron's um, life as well as getting bullied. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on boys, especially not to be seen as soft and to portray themselves as hard? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't <laughs> speak for, I can't, I can't speak for people nowadays, but mm. yeah, of course, look, masculinity is wild, man. You got to do uh, <laughs> yeah, so. feel the pressure growing up. Did you? Personally? Well, I've felt pressure before, but luckily, I mean, I was just like a funny person. Mm. I was funny. That's what I had. Mm. But other people don't have the funny thing, so they might have to hit the gym, like get hench, yeah. whatever else they need to do, you know, get girls, be violent. I didn't really do any of that. I was just funny. Yeah. Every every gang needs a funny guy. Yeah. They can be scrawny. <laughs> they can be scrawny because they're funny and they're protected by bigger people. Yeah. That's what happened to me. But, yeah, masculinity is crazy, and um, I've, I've analysed, like, my own upbringing and things I've thought were normal over the years uh, and, you know, tried to unpack a lot of behaviors and ways of thinking over the years. And I definitely think um, films like this are like really positive to the conversation. Yeah. Uh, because like with stand up comedy, you know, I started like 20, 11 or 12 or something. And it was just loads of white dudes in a village hall, not many women. You know, not many black people really in, in like the mainstream circuit, not like now. And um, things change and they get better. And uh, I think that should be encouraged. I think people in a similar position to the protagonist of this film might watch it and see be seen and like, fuck, okay, that's me. Or someone who might have been the bully who might have called him an F-bomb might see yeah. it and think, ah, that's... Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe he's just struggling like this guy is, you know, it's very useful stuff. Yeah. I did find it like it, it really summed up male toxicity. Like it was just so toxic, this whole film in terms of the bullies, him, um, Kevin just trying to fit in and beating up his best friend or one of his, you know, his good friend uh, to show the guys like I'm not soft and I just want to fit in and kind of just like lay low. Um, and yeah. So I think the only character for me like is, Mahershala's Ali's characters that stood out because he was the only one not kind of following everyone and just doing his own thing and kind of trying to help Chiron be his own man. Definitely. Yeah. We should. I want to just mention Kev in the middle Kev. part of the film. Yeah. Because he's Jarrell Jerome. Is that his name? Yeah, Jarrell Jerome. He's fantastic. He is amazing. He is one of I saw. I saw him in When They See Us. Yes, man. I'm, I still I can only wow. watch that once, and when I watched it, I no, think I can't I watch it again. I cried for about three days, and um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing makes me cry. If you talk about toxic masculinity, I don't cry very often. Yeah, yeah? yeah. 
that guy made me cry a lot. That that was fucking sorry. That was no. I it saw was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Like yeah, me me too, me too, me too, definitely. And like I don't really, I'm getting a bit sick of Netflix series because they're so long and they everything gets dragged out. Yeah, but that's a pretty flawless, incredible series. Like ten out of ten. One hundred percent. Yeah. And he I, was amazing. And um. Yeah, I was watching that. Where was I? I was in Brussels doing a show and I was like supposed to explore the area, but I just sat in the hotel room, just watched it all and then cried. I think I watched two and then I watched his and then I needed like a week's break because I was so hurt by what I saw. And then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? I love that guy so much that I saw he um he won some awards recently, like a lot of awards. I don't know what it was for, but I saw pictures of him. was for that, holding. yeah. Was it for that? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like proud, like I knew the guy because oh, I was yeah, like, I've, same. <laughs> I've seen you, I've seen you go through so much. This means a lot. Yeah, you know? and because he was Amazing. the only one who played the younger and the older guy. Oh, really? Like he I played. Seen his, it for a while. Yeah, he played it for a while. Whereas the other. He's amazing. Had people in between, but. He's amazing, and like you know the fact that he did that role, and then he's a gay character in this film. Like, mm. it's amazing acting. He is so textured and you could just know he can do anything and he will definitely be winning more awards and Oscars. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, a scene that kind of made me laugh the, the few times that happened while watching Moonlight was when the young boys little are comparing penises. Now, I don't know, is that something that like all boys do because girls don't go <laughs> in primary school showing each other the lady gardens like that doesn't. Happen. Well, um, I can only answer for myself, but <laughs> I, I have never really been down with showing other dudes my penis only because you know I'm probably like a grower, not a shower. <laughs> if, if I was like one of them, uh, I didn't think I'd be talking about this on the podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't think that either, but I just had to ask. So um, the second part of the movie, Chiron, explores his teenage years. He's still quite pretty and quiet and is getting bullied, um, which is quite a tough phase for him as well. His mum's actually somehow got worse. I didn't even know that was a thing um, or possible. Yeah, that's why I kind of like the middle part of this film because, you know, I know what it's like to feel isolated he's very isolated hmm. very misunderstood you know it feels like when you're young and you're in situations like that it feels like it's never gonna end you're hmm. you know you're in a you're in some kind of prison or something you know so yeah was, i felt for him a lot and how do you feel his reaction was you know when he finally stood up to that bully and like smashed the chair on his back <sighs> You know what? I've seen people say like, oh, that's like a yes moment. I didn't think it was that. I have I felt bad for kind of both of them, actually, everybody. I was I like, yeah, I didn't, because I was worried for him. I was like, you know, if we're watching it as a film, because you're so invested in this film, I like didn't really even think that acting, you know, you're like, this is real, real shit. And um, yeah, when he did that, my first thought was like, well, you're just going to get battered now. Like this won't end well. Yeah. You know? And then pretty soon after um, he's taken away by police or something. And then I wasn't sure if he went to jail, but then he says later on in the film, he was in juvie. So obviously things yeah. went a bit worse for him. Yeah. So then 
it wasn't really something to celebrate. He'd really been pushed to his limit and it made yeah. me very sad for him. I think the reason why a lot of people were celebrating is because these are the same kids that have been bullying him from when he was little. And that's when Kevin was like, you know, if you don't stand up to these guys, they're just going to keep picking on you. And then yeah. even Kevin like teases him and he's like, oh, I knew you weren't soft. Like I knew you had it in you kind of thing. So it's something that's obviously been going on for like years and he's just mm. kind of had enough and probably the frustration of his life and everything else that he has to deal with. He just had enough. And I think at that moment he was willing to kind of, it was a bit suicidal. Like he was mm. willing to reap the repercussions that he'd, he would get from doing that, if that makes any sense. So I think if it was, yeah, it does. he doesn't mind even getting killed by them. Because it's like, it's going to be better than living this crappy life. It does. But yeah, I find it really profoundly sad because yeah. he's a good dude at heart, right? He's a, yeah. he's a good boy, nice kid. And mm. to see him be pushed that far, that's tragic. It is. And then it what is. follows is tragic. Mm. And, you know, back to what we were saying, if maybe, I don't know, this is a bit, bit of a reach, but, you know, if he'd have seen this film back in the day or, you know, he was growing up in a bit more of an understanding school environment, if things were slightly different, he might not have had to break a chair over a school bully. Yeah, and definitely. It's go juvie, so. Mm. Yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, I felt sorry for him a lot. And even though the bully is, um, you know, a bully and not particularly pleasant, I feel empathy for him as well, you know, because he's he's trapped in his own masculinity. He's got to be violent and he kind of, I don't know if you ever watched The Wire, but like name him from The Wire. Of course I did. Yeah. Not enough people watch The Wire. What? Sometimes you, yeah, tell me about it. You meet Never. someone who doesn't watch The Wire. and I'm like, How could you have not watched The Wire, man? Watch The like Wire. there's a few things that if we haven't watched, we can't be friends. I just feel like it's. Yeah. The Wire, Seinfeld, one or the other. Watch one of them. Yeah. But yeah, like he's kind of like, he might be like a sort of name and type. Like he might not be about that life really. He's just putting on a good front. Mm. You know, everyone is portraying their image of what they're supposed to be. Yeah. No. Like who knows? He might be gay. Yeah. You know? Bullies, bullies resent something that they see in themselves in other people usually. Yeah, you did. I did feel that even from when he was young, I just felt like, why are you consistently picking on this one kid? Like, I just, mm. you maybe like him. I don't know. It's going to. Maybe, but like the more realistically, he's probably, he might be from abuse or he might mm. be from drug addicted family himself, all kinds of things. So it's sad mm. from both sides. People who are bullied, bully, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, and talking about Kevin, who I loved in this as mm. well. Um, I think the only kind of sexual act you see is when he's sleeping with the other, like having sex with a girl and then Sharon walks up and he's just like, <laughs> it was like such, it was like the dudest scene I've ever seen ever. It was just like really proud of himself. His transition from this like cheeky kid to where he ends up later on, kind of a charming older guy who's like- Love it, I love shed, it. Shed that part of himself and he's like this, just like I'm comfortable in my skin. I don't care what anyone says, like, and so should you. I love it. I didn't like middle Kev. I like end Kev. Yeah, 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 yeah. Middle Kev was a bit of a dick, but yeah. Middle Kev was just a, you know, yeah, he didn't behave very well, but final form of Kev redeemed yeah. the character a lot. I loved it. I was really fascinated by his story. Yeah. What what happened to him on his journey? Because obviously he had a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. He said he went to jail for a bit. 
Yeah. I believe, and you know, he's working this like low paying job. He says it's sneaker money job, but he's mm -hmm. happy. So obviously he'd been through some stuff as well. A great deal of stuff that you just, again, like with the fact that Juan's character just disappears. You don't see Kev for that whole period. Yeah. He must've gone through hell as well, clearly. Yeah. And he, he was quite content with his life and quite happy, which was nice to see. And in comparison to Chiron's character, Black at this point, um, who mm. just basically became another version of um, Juan, but mm. just wanted to shed and forget that like scrawny little guy that he left where he was from and just buffed up, got the grills and just had that whole persona of like drug dealer. Yeah, it really shocked me to see, like that's another point where you have to do the math in the film because they, they just show him going off in a police car and then the next time you see him, it's fucking huge. <laughs> it's fucking ripped. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And you just, I just thought like, can you imagine what he's been through to get yeah. to that point? Yeah. Between where you last saw him and how he is now. Like, mm -hmm. can you, you can only imagine that yeah. the pain and the hell he's been through to get, admittedly looking beautiful, but. Gorgeous. No complaints here. But yeah. But yeah, like, uh, man, I thought that was kind of powerful as well. And I don't know much about the actor who plays him at that point. Toronto I think you're a fan. You're a, you're a fan, aren't you? Toronto Rhodes, 1990. <laughs> no, I'm playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's amazing yeah. he's amazing yeah he's um he played that really well when he stole the show like uh people really love the first third of this film but on a second view that final half yeah. hour of him because what i liked about it as well is because he does his aesthetics are intimidating very cool collected but when he's in front of kevin he shivers up back into that little boy that he once was and you can just see his mannerisms everything kind of change and revert back to that person and even kev obviously asked him like who are you like who are you trying to be i don't know why you're acting like who is you sharon who is you um so i just and i love that relationship how kevin has this power to kind of make sharon kind of vulnerable and soft if yeah. that makes any sense there's a nice scene where where Kev says uh, the grills, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. he knows that he's he knows that he's putting on a front, literally. Ah, uh, yeah. He's taking it out, you know, it's clever. Yeah, he's great. One of my other favorite bits is when at the end, right at the end, when he's just like leaning on Kev, and like Kev's just like stroking his hair or his head or whatever, and just like comforting. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Such an intimate like right. scene. It was so beautiful, and I just felt like my heart. For up. sure, for sure, but. On, like I said, my new favourite scene, second viewing, it was when he makes him the chef special. Oh, yeah, that was cute. That was really it's, cute. It's really, really sweet. Like food, food, food's a big yeah. motif in that film, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the beginning, yeah. he's eating in the fast food place and he's cooked that delicious meal mm. with Juan and Teresa and, you know, it's it's very important. And then Kev really takes his time. It's made with a lot of love and care. And I think it's... You know, it's more intimate in some ways than some other stuff he could have done. It's very powerful. It, was, it got me. I thought it was very sweet. Yeah. Uh, a know. little fun fact about this film is uh, Barry Jenkins kept all three Chiron separate and for meeting each other so that they could interpret their own version of Chiron. Really? Yes. But which was nice because you could still see elements of, of them kind of evolving. Which Definitely. Was 
So clearly yeah. the, the writing did, you know, whoever wrote it did a very good job. Oh man, it did. Am- I don't know much about Barry Jenkins. Has he got other good flicks? Oh, I don't really. Yes. If is he like, should I, should I know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll hook you up. Don't worry. I'll give you the list. I'll give you the list. Like, Street I'm... Could Talk. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, no. I'm not oh. a film buff. I got, oh. I basically watched the same dozen films repeatedly. Okay. Like, but no, I like getting into new stuff. I like, um, the film company that made it, A24? Yes. They make everything that's good now, right? 100%. And Brad Pitt is part of Plan B. And he makes, he made that as well. Yeah, he's executive producer as well as... Yeah, of this this film? Yeah. Wow. Good old Brad. I love Brad. Yeah, Brad's doing well there. They did Uncut Gems. Yeah. They did one of my favourite films, Recent Memory, is... Um, Midsummer. Have you ever seen that? No, actually. Do you know what? That's one of the few films. That's men- Oh yeah, that's mad. Yeah, you haven't that seen film that one. That film is mad. Right. <laughs> I'll, add that. I'll add it to the list. I'll add yeah, it. To yeah, yeah. Go into that one fresh and see what you make. <laughs> of it. Also, we should talk about the Moonlight thing when they won the Oscar because oh. they got given to the wrong people. That's I amazing. What a classic to- moment. How I had to rewatch that scene again, like that clip again on YouTube, because I was just like, how can one get it so wrong? Like, it must, it, that was awkward for everybody. And you kind of like taking. So good. Because <laughs> they were mid thanks, thanking. Like, they were midway. There was like on the third person. Yeah. And it's like, imagine you're that third person. You didn't even get the speech out, you know? You just. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Robbed. Um, it's really good, though. It felt like we got, <laughs> we got treated to you know, something that could have happened, which would have been awful if La La Land really did win. Oh. The moonlight. Like, I mean, I've seen that film and it's all right. No one's going to... To beat no this one, with no that. I was more happy that they didn't win because I remember watching it and I was fuming. I was this... What, well, you saw this live? Yeah. And oh, I wow. And you saw them... <laughs> tweet and cuss everybody. Yeah, there you like, go. What, who the F voted for this crap? Because I'm sorry, I think La La Land was overrated. Yeah, um, that wasn't great. But that's what I'm saying. You got to enjoy it. You got to enjoy the rush of, hang on, what the f- oh, Okay, fine. It was you shocking. My, my, my mouth was on the floor. I was like, wow. How, wow? Who's getting yeah. sacked? Someone surely is getting sacked somewhere. I need to I need to watch that again. What a moment. Uh, I, will send, I will send it to you. <laughs> I'm just watching it on loop today because it was It's great. It's, like the, it's got to be like your worst nightmare, yeah. fucking that up. Yeah. But yeah, that was cool. Being a comedian and rapper, do you ever ever have like your personas on stage or combine the two or anything? Well, like I did comedy and rap simultaneously and didn't really combine them for ages. Mm. And I really wanted to, but I didn't quite know how because when I rap, I'm kind of boisterous and braggadocious and all the rest of it. And then when I'm a comedian, I'm a bit more like downbeat, grouchy. So it's like, how could these two things work? And eventually i just kept them as they are but together somehow it does yeah. the job i kind of go from like being all hype blah, 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 to just yeah you're like <laughs> <laughs> which i i think is quite funny and i used to worry about you know what happens when i'm getting older and i lose the passion and everything but now i just think it would just become funnier because yeah. i'm still having to do a rap before i can do my joke so that's quite yeah. amusing <laughs> I, I like the combination i think it's it's great um, Thank you. Part of the final chapter in um, Blacks, 
he goes to visit his mum and she asks about Teresa, but she obviously doesn't ask about um, Juan because he has passed away. Because she mentioned something about going and seeing him, seeing Teresa at the funeral. Um, Naomi Harris, I think, was amazing in this. Yeah, she, she was outstanding. I didn't know she was British. Should I know these oh, things? Yeah, all, all of this time. <laughs> she, no, I didn't. I only knew it until I was re-watching the film and then read about no her. No way. Like, what has she been in? I'm sorry, I really don't know enough. What has she been in, like, James Bond? She was the girl in 28 Days Later. Yeah. Wow. I love 28 Days Later. I love <laughs> that film. She was great in that. Yes, yeah. Oh, what was her name? She was amazing. I love that yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's so fire. The, the straighting thing for me in that is I felt that she should have won the Best Supporting Actress. Um, it deservingly went to Viola Davis, who, for Fences, which definitely, was it for Fences? But definitely deserved that as well. However, I just think Viola should have been in Best Actress, not Supporting Role, because she was a leading lady. That's my frustration about that category of the Oscars. That's who my knows? frustration. Because then they both, they both should have won, and because um, I think she was amazing. I do like my boy Ali, but I saw him in True Detective series love. three. Did you see yeah. that? Yes, I love because he was True Detective series one, maybe the best series of television that ever was made. While series I... two is one of the worst. I didn't even finish it. Oh, he... didn't you? Come on, it's compared to one McConaughey I mean, and one Woody Harrelson. Like yourself, is in my top ten TV series ever. Has um, to be. Two, I think when I'm just, I'm a bit biased in it as well. It was obviously on that level, but it wasn't, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad. Maybe I'll give it a chance, but, mm. <laughs> but three, he got it kind of back on track because it was, yeah. it was a deep character study, you know, and he was, mm. he was good. And yeah. it took me a minute when I was watching Moonlight for the first time to clock it was him. That's how good of oh, an wow. actor he was. Yeah. Really took me a minute because, I mean, the difference in characters is like, you know, He's, a, he's an amazing actor. Interesting about Naomi Harris, she played her part in three days. Yeah, I saw that. That's mental. It reminded me, you know, like such an extreme role to play with so much emotion and pain. It kind of put me in mind of, you ever watch Handmaid's Tale? That's my show. Is it really? Can I just talk to you about Handmaid's Tale then quickly? Because <laughs> I don't really know anyone that watches it. Yeah, I love Handmaid's Tale, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not up to date with the latest series. Okay, all right, all right. What okay. I was going to say was, uh, first two series, perfect. Three, what's going on? Four, it's a bit, oh, it's no. off a little bit. No, don't say that. I think so, anyway. But what I was going to say was, because of what you were saying about, is it Naomi? Yeah. Elizabeth Moss, I think, I've never known a character. She's amazing. That has cried so oh. much. You do know, you ever wonder about that i, I never I i've never been angry. able to ask this to, to anyone because it would always seem like it's in bad taste because she obviously she's in a horrible like world she's in pain like you know when you cry i don't know about everyone else but i get a headache if i cry too hard and i feel like for the amount of time she's crying she just must be in pain all the time because she cries so much well, on cue <laughs> on cue and i mean let's be real like every few minutes every few minutes and every few whole, minutes in that show show is full of trauma like there's not no. one there's not a five like five minutes of like oh that was nice no never so she's crying constantly and the only respite is she gets to like have sex with her boyfriend in a flashback occasionally occasionally that's it 
Oh, and back have to crying. consensual sex sometimes. Yeah. So I like Elizabeth Moss a lot. Yeah, Big fan. Does. Amazing. One of my favourites. We're going into the quick fire round. Okay. So first question, your favourite black actress. I like Sandy Newton. Am I saying her own name wrong? Yeah, Tandy Newton. Tandy. I liked her in um, Gridlocked with Tupac. Oh. Remember that film? Yes. Yeah. I always liked her from that. She was an English woman in a film with Tim Roth and Tupac, and she was cool and beautiful. And I watched that as a kid and didn't really know um, kind of what was going on almost, but I thought she was great. (laughs) I liked how she was singing. It was just, it it was. And then she's in Westworld, but I don't like Westworld particularly. Someone, I gave it a chance. Someone who does it. And I thought I was the only one. Oh, my God. I think there's another one where the premise is great. The idea was great. I just think some of the execution was lost. I love Kerry Washington. And, well, I'm, in, and I'm in love with Natalie Emmanuel. Game oh, of Thrones. yes. Game of Thrones. I mean, for me, Hollyoaks. Because that's where I yeah, I don't watch Hollyoaks. Yeah, that's where she's in Hollyoaks. Yeah, she was in Hollyoaks, and so when she popped up in Fast and Furious, I was like, "Go on, girl, good on you." Yeah, Yeah. she's killing it. Yeah, Yeah. I love her. She's great. And um, she's excellent. Game of Thrones. I was really proud. Who would you go with? Oh, I. That's a very. I don't have one. Have so many. Okay. Who? uh, Viola Davis. Um, Okay. What about actors? Male. Black male actors. Um, I love Lawrence Fishburne. I love Denzel a lot. I love Idris Elba for The Wire, particularly mm. because I've I've been rewatching The Wire recently, and I've noticed because this was before he was like national treasure, which he yes. is now. Which a lot of Americans didn't realize it was British until after, and they were like so hurt. But I I watched. I watched it recently and his accent is a bit shaky in parts. It's really funny to notice when it sometimes goes for South London all of a sudden. <laughs> fucking amazing. See, I There's remember a... clocking that the first time. I was like, what? I didn't. It's like this. No, I'm not. I'm not buying he, it. <laughs> he literally goes South London look like proper. But, but I like I love Idris Elba because. Yeah, just iconic, no, man. Come on. Yeah, you, you've got. But I, I, lo- I loved him for that. He could have done that, and that's, and he's a legend for me already. But mm. since then, everything he's done since, like, he's just good vibes. Yes, good, good guy, good yeah. vibes. One hundred percent. Like, yeah. Uh, what about favorite black comedian? Chappelle. 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 Come on. Uh, favorite. Saw Chappelle before the pandemic. That was my last show before the pandemic. Oh, was it? I'm due to see him when he comes down here. Like, it's like with his £120 ticket. Listen, they already postponed it. It was supposed to be in August. And when I got that email, I was like, who do I kill? Because don't, don't cheat me out of this. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to yeah. it. What about your favourite UK rapper? I'm going to go with Cass is Dead, but I'm also going to say, like, if we're talking favourites of all time, like we've got to say dizzy, but I'm gonna give the special top spots to Skepta and Giggs because I like kind of like Idris Elba, the journey, man. Journey's crazy. Like Giggs, Giggs has been knocking around for so long and he's yeah. so good. Love Giggs. I used to tell people in 2008 when Walk in the Park came out, I was like, this guy is a genius. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like the way he says, <clears throat> and you know, at it's the time. Him. 
He just grunted. No, it's him. You know, it's him. Straight away. People, people were like, no, this isn't serious. But I'm telling you, the guy's like, he writes, he's kind of, he writes some amazing shit. I, I would go as far as say Talking the Hardest should be the national anthem because when yeah. that comes on, everybody and their mum knows the words and says it. It's it's such a nice moment. Um, my favourite is Kano. That's my favourite. Yeah, I got you know. Kano is the people's champ. I never really, he's not, he's all right. He's a bit too techy. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Careful. I know, I know. There. I will cancel you. Like he, make, he makes back, like, Kano is my, he's been my, I've been, yeah. People love Kano. I love him. I'm not going to take any, I mean, no, Kano is a Don. He's got absolute tunes. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. A lot of tunes. tunes. What about best rapper turned actor? I'm going to say Sticky Fingers. You ever seen, do you know Sticky from Onyx? No. Well, because Sticky Fingers, not only does he have the, like, one of the best rap voices ever. Okay. He killed Eminem on his own song. Mm-hmm. Not many people can say that. Like killed Eminem on Marshall Mavis LP. But loads of rappers can act really well. Have mm-hmm. you ever noticed that? They're, they're all, they can all act. Yeah. They're pretty good. But yeah, I'd go with Sticky because he's a cult classic. Um, yeah. And favourite all-time black-led movie? It's tough. There's a lot. Like This is what I mean. But when I was asked to come on here, I could have chosen things like Beverly Hills Cop. I was thinking... The amount of joy Eddie Murphy brought me over the years, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's quite popular. I could have just, you know, things like that, or like another one I was going to maybe choose as one of my favourite books is Always Outnumbered, Always Outgunned by Walter Mosley, mm-hmm. like great black author. And they they did HBO did a show like a straight to HBO, yeah, uh, film of the book with Lawrence Fishburne as Socrates Fortlow, who's like a murderer who's done 30 years back on the streets trying to like rebuild his life in LA mm. Watts and like so that I love that I saw that when I was young and I read the book and I love that like that's just a personal one not many people know it. it's all on YouTube though the whole film's on YouTube I if you want to watch it, it out I love finding new films I haven't seen yeah really good really good so that might be one but that's it for the quick fire round if you had to direct people to watch a scene to entice them to watch Moonlight if they haven't watched it, what scene would it be and why? I'd want to make them watch the final scene, but that would ruin the whole film. So I would have to say the swimming scene, mm. like the sound, the music, it's beautiful. I totally agree. Followed by that conversation they have afterwards, it kind of explains yeah. what's happening without giving too much away. But also that scene, you know, when um, Juan drags out Paula, uh, Naomi Harris's character at the car when she's, he finds out she's the one who's taken the crack. And they have a yeah, very yeah. intense conversation and it's very aggy, but I just think that was quite a cool scene because you want to know what's going to happen next and like why are these two arguing. Yeah, that was the only time you sort of see him get a bit gangster. Mm. He was not happy. No. But that is it from me, Joe. You have been amazing and I've really enjoyed talking to you about one of my faves, Moonlight. Me too. Thanks so much. I love talking to you about it. This is a great podcast. Thanks for having me on it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure.